God bless you today, brothers and sisters, and seekers and friends and listeners, and everybody else. We are going to be talking about sheep and wolves today. Remember that the Lord gave us a message a couple of weeks ago or longer about the end times that we're living in and some things we need to be very wary of concerning being able to buy and sell and what the Bible has to say about it and the times that we're living in right now they're about to, about to have us make those kinds of decisions and then he was gracious enough to tell us after that in the last message following that one about what that means and what it looks like and what we need to do and he said to trust in him make him our portion make him our inheritance when we don't know where we're going to get something or how we're going to buy something or how we're going to be fed we look to god god always says i will provide for you i will protect you i am your help i am your helper so we need to look to god in a very real sense if we do not get raptured and if we live during the beginnings or the birth pangs of the tribu tribulation or if we live during the great tribulation either way we as christians don't need to fear even though it's natural, but remember, we're not in the natural world. We're in the kingdom. So we need to think a little bit differently. So now the third message is, in this series that I didn't even see coming, it was the Lord that wanted to speak to us about these things, and I'm so glad that he did, because I need to hear it, and I, I hope that you do too. In these times that we live, we need to look out for the sheep, and the wolves and how to discern between the two because there's a very vast difference. There are today, <clears throat> just as there were in former times, prophets. Uh, some people tell you that office no longer exists, but it's a spiritual gift listed in the New Testament. And I'm not one of those cessationists that things that think that thinks and believes that things stopped back then in the times of the apostles. If God has given the gifts through the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he apportions them and gives them out to whoever he wills for his perfect plans and purposes. And so I believe there are prophets. Now, are there a lot of false prophets? Absolutely there are. Are there a lot of people that are just kind of cocky or like to, <clears throat> um, I don't know, maybe sometimes get conceited because they think they're prophets and they may not be? Yes, I've met some of those too. Um, but in the simplest sense, a prophet is someone who speaks for God. Now, let me be clear that he told, told Ezekiel in the Old Testament that you speak when you hear me say something. <clears throat> in other words, don't just speak for me in the sense of being a prophet unless you hear me say something to you specifically first. Then you can go out and repeat it in the name of the Lord. So in a sense, there are prophets, yes. In another sense, they're not prophets that operate the same way they did in the Old Testament. So there are some which are true prophets who speak for God in truth. And, unfortunately, there are many who speak lies for Satan. So, true prophets speak for God, false prophets speak for Satan. Now, who are we to believe <clears throat> and listen to? And how can we discern 
which group they fall into and where will that lead us this is important guys please so let's start with defining biblically <clears throat> what a prophet is in the old testament the hebrew word is nabi it's um h5030 in your concordance if you want to verify that please do and it means to be a spokesman or a speaker a conveyor of the thoughts plans and purposes of the one on whose behalf they speak this being god almighty in the new testament <clears throat> the greek word is prophetes it's g4396 in your concordance and you can look that up and it means to be an interpreter of uh, or our fourth teller f-o-r-t-h fourth teller of the divine will a person gifted at expositing divine truth like a preacher one who speaks forth by the inspiration of god it always means that and sometimes it may even mean foretell f-o-r-e tell now foretelling is like predicting the future that can happen but I put a lot more credence, at least nowadays, <clears throat> in people who speak forth for God and forth till for God. But again, we're speaking on behalf of the Lord, not speaking on behalf of man or our own interpretations. <clears throat> Excuse me. What will be, what will happen before it happens? But most often, will forth tell, as I said, by speaking the mind and the will and the heart of Almighty God and by the Lord imparting his truth and his wisdom and his interpretation and his heart and his mind to us. Now you'll notice that there are not two different words in either language to describe one kind of prophet from another kind of prophet, which you'd think there would be. But the differentiation lies in the adjective that precedes the noun prophet like true prophet or false prophet this is because both kinds claim and do the same thing but the true prophets speak truth for the king and the author of truth jesus christ while false prophets speak lies for the king or the father of lies the devil big difference very serious difference we of course need to and should want to listen to and obey the true prophets in as much as, as they speak for God not for themselves but do we sometimes always never true prophets words will always align agree with and bear witness to truth found in the bible which is also god's word we know this that's one major reason to read <clears throat> your bible daily me too so that by comparing what we read in the bible to what we hear other people say we'll be able to see and know and recognize the truth one prophet speaks versus the lies the other prophet speaks does that make sense in other words, when we're not reading our Bibles, we don't know what the truth says. Or if we do, it's for, to a limited degree. So when we hear someone speak something, how do we know if that's the truth? And should we obey it or follow after it or listen to it or heed it? How do we know that's God's word? Well, if we read the Bible, 
And we've got God's word in us, abiding in us, Jesus says. If we abide in him, he abides in us. And so if what we hear a prophet speak bears witness to or agrees with or aligns itself with God's word, then we know it's a true prophet. But if it doesn't, then we know it's a false prophet. So we do need to be discerning, but the Bible helps us to do that. So we have to know the truth. I hope you can understand that. And this is part of what 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is one reason so many false belief systems and doctrines and so-called theologies have come into existence over the centuries and longer because false prophets speaking for the king of lies in the name of false gods have easily corrupted men's already sinful hearts because they don't know or follow Jesus, the one true God, and they don't read and know the Bible, which is truth. So everyone and everything else is false. There is and can only one be, can only be one, logically, truth. You can have many versions of a lie, but you can only have one version of the truth. Yet there are and can be, as I just said, many different false versions of the truth that Satan can introduce into the world, as many as his numerous false prophets are willing to speak for him, and as many as men are willing to believe and obey and follow after. I don't know if you're familiar with or have heard these verses. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, which speaks to this very relevant and present-day trend. Yes, a trend. It says, For the time is coming, and Jesus would say, and is now here, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside into fables or myths or untruths. So there is a time coming, and we're living in that time, when people will not endure or listen to very long sound teaching from the Bible, but having itching ears, and that's a way of saying they're curious and desirous to hear what they want to hear. Okay, And they will accumulate, not just go after one, but accumulate for themselves teachers, plural, to suit their own passions. And see, that's happening all the time. You've got false interpretations. You've got twisted scriptures. You've got people will say anything. That's un so unfortunate, because, to say the least, because people are doubting God's word, doubting the truth, doubting the church, all of that, just because Satan is using his demons and the thoughts he puts into your head and people that go out there and they're false preachers, they're wolves, and they preach whatever. They say whatever, except for the truth. <clears throat> They'll mix truth with lies so it sounds credible, and if you don't know your word well, you'll see the, a lie that you may not be aware of, and they'll mix it with truth to make it sound credible, and you'll probably believe that, because you won't know any different. 
But they do that. And when they do, they follow after not Jesus' voice. They follow after the voice of strangers. This case being the false prophets, false teachers, and anyone else that claims to speak for God, which is actually a messenger of Satan. And they'll turn aside from the truth into fables or myths or untruths or things that just lead them astray and lead to destruction. Now, if we love and honor and respect and submit to and obey and listen to and trust and follow after God and read and know the truth he has revealed to us in his word, the Bible, then we belong to him having repented and confessed our sin, and we will know and live according to his truth and his ways, then <clears throat> there would be little or no need for prophets, for they would only be speaking what we already know and believe, <clears throat> excuse me, and obey and live according to. <clears throat> now, it's only because we don't live this way, that God sends the prophets to speak to us for him. They remind us of our sinful ways and point us back to the truth so that we can obey our creator and our father and our authority. And naturally, since men's hearts are sinful and they're separated from God, they reject his ways and they follow after their own ways and their lustly fleshly desires they don't know the truth they are easy and vulnerable and susceptible prey for the enemy of their souls satan and so they willingly although maybe unintentionally listen to his false prophets and are headed for destruction and death this is true and it's eternal Now, because sin abounds in the earth, Satan's influence always does also. So while there are many who proclaim truth for God today, there are more who counter it by speaking lies. 1 John 1, no, excuse me, 1 John 3, verse 19 says this. And this is the judgment. This is Jesus speaking, actually. This is right after the famous verse that everybody knows. It says <clears throat> that God sent his son into the world to forgive anyone who, so they won't perish. But this gets skipped over. And this is the judgment. The light, the truth, Jesus, has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. There have always been, and there will always be, proclaimers of truth and those who proclaim lies together. The Word of God, the Bible, gives us examples from historical accounts and real people's lives, again, not fictional stories, concerning both true prophets and false prophets. And by the way, there can be a true prophet, there can be a true prophet, but one who speaks wrongly sometimes, but not intentionally evil or wrong. So we want to compare these side by side to show number one that they are biblical, that they are this way in old old times, and they are this way now. There are people who speak for God and speak for the devil. They're 
true prophets and there are false prophets and they are here today and the false prophets outnumber the true prophets and if you don't know the word of god really really well you are going to be deceived unfortunately and you're going to be going to be led astray now can you find your way back yes but will that be likely if you keep on listening to a stranger's voice instead of jesus's voice no and i say jesus's voice because a true prophet speaks for god that's the very definition of a true prophet so if he's speaking for god he's speaking jesus's words just truth <clears throat> deuteronomy 18 20 through 22 says this and this is a good thing to remember deuteronomy 18 20 through 22 but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name god says that i have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods that same prophet shall die pretty strong words the Lord God is truth. The true prophet can only speak for him when he's heard from the Lord. Error cannot go forth from truth. It must be originated by purity and kept in purity. In fact, Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. <clears throat> and again, he tells us in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Listen to this verse. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them a warning from me. And Jesus Christ, speaking to the Jews, implied that people needed to hear from the Lord but rejected his guidance and correction and warnings. And he said bluntly, <clears throat> Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. In other words, I send you people to speak the truth to you so you, I, can, I can send judgment to you or I can turn you from the wrong path that you're on and bring you back and you don't know me you're separated from me you say you love me but you won't listen to me and you don't know my words you follow after whatever and i'm telling you i am sending my prophet to you to speak my truth to you and yet in the past jesus said you kill the prophets and you stone those sent to you now i have always somewhat simplistically summed up God's spokesman in this way because it's just how I saw it. I used to say I feel sorry for the prophets because their calling seems to be to go around telling people things they don't want to hear. I know that's simplistic but that's my take on it and that really hasn't changed. Okay, That was my first summation of what their duties were basically on their holy directives and it hasn't changed over the years frankly moses recognized that though the people complained to him and about him he was just speaking for god so he tells the whole camp of people in exodus 16 8 
And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that drew, that you grumble against him. What are we? Meaning Moses and Aaron, Aaron and Miriam. Your grumbling is not against us, really, but it's against the Lord. Wow. So when you complain and you don't listen to your spiritual leaders, if they're true, and you don't discern and you don't follow after people that proclaim truth to you that are sent from God to give you the truth, and then you complain about something and said, you're not complaining against us. I mean, I'm not upset. I mean, I don't want to hear your grumbling, but it's not really against me because I'm just speaking for God. You don't have an issue with me. Your issue is with God. Wow. That's absolutely true. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 40. Sounds kind of like a long passage, but it's a loud and it's a clear and it's a stark example of false prophets, plural versus true prophets. In fact, in this case, only one true prophet was left in the land. See what occurs with the false prophets and their false god versus one true prophet and the one true god. It says, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab was a king. Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed after the Baals, meaning the idols and the false gods and the false prophets and Satan. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal, which was an idol representing Satan, and the 400 additional prophets of Asherah, all false prophets, who eat at Jezebel's table. That's his wife, and she was evil. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go on limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. He said, let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord, my God. And the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. And all the people answered, it's well spoken. In other words, we agree. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many. And call upon the name of the Lord, you know, excuse me, call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. In other words, don't burn it yet. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. That's four to six hours of calling upon their God. 
saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made, and at noon Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's missing, excuse me, either he's musing, or he's relieving himself, meaning going to the bathroom, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he re repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, as great as would contain two seahs, that's about fifteen liters, of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And then he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering, and on the wood. And then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet, the true prophet, came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, the false prophets. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. I hope you can see the difference here between a true prophet who serves and speaks for and trusts in and follows the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope just as well that you can see the false prophets who are many, one versus 450 and another 400 on top of that, who follow after and speak for false gods who are from Satan. In this case, Baal and Asherah. And that the end of those is destruction and death. And remember that Jesus said in John 10, 3 through 5, he said, The sheep hear his voice, meaning Jesus' voice, through the word and true prophets, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, not other people. 
for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. When you know and immerse yourself in and feed upon the word, the Bible, just as I said earlier, immerse yourself in it and know it, you will get to know God's voice, his character and his ways and his truths in those words. See, the Bible is God's revelation to mankind. When we follow it habitually and eat it and feed upon it, the Bible says it's sweet as honey to the soul. And it is. There's something about hearing and speaking the truth from God, from the Holy Spirit, as it's revealed to you in the midst of a world that is just crazy with all kinds of counterfeit theories and works and words and ideas and whatever, that when you hear and the, the the truth it just cuts through all that it just rises above all that it's just it's something so different so sweet you're you've got to be attracted to it unless you're repulsed by it and if you're repulsed by it there's a problem <laughs> we will know the truth and be able to discern and recognize anything false we will know his voice and follow after him rather than the voices of strangers, messengers of Satan, and false prophets. See, following Jesus leads to life, not destruction, and true prophets always speak for him. Following strangers will lead to death and destruction, as it just said in, in um, Elijah's account, just as it did for the almost Almost a thousand, there were 950 false prophets of Baal and Asherah, which are false gods and idols that represent Satan. That's why Elijah said, how long will you, two, will you guys go on limping between the real God and the false gods, plural, between the true prophet, me, and the false prophets, all of you guys. You've got to choose one or the other. That's why I said, make a choice. Just make a choice. You know, that's why we're here today. You guys go first. There's a lot of you. You burn the altar. You cry out. So the God who destroys it by fire is the true God. He's, he's the only one that has that power. So they cried out, cried out, cried out for hours. And there was no voice. They couldn't hear anyone. Even in their hearts, they couldn't hear anything. And they started cutting themselves to try and appease, I guess, what the, the false gods. And there was nothing. It said from morning till noon. And noon is... 12 o'clock in the morning, could have been 6 o'clock in the morning, in the Bible it usually is referred to that way, could have been 8 o'clock, but we don't know, but 4 to 6 hours of crying out to nothing produced, not surprisingly, nothing. But then all of a sudden Elijah said, okay, my turn. You put water on the offering, because you know you can't burn something when it's all full of water. Then you put water on the wood, which is underneath it. Then dig a trench all the way around the altar and fill it up with water. And then he cried out to his God, the one true God, who doesn't sleep and who hears the prayers of his righteous ones. And fire immediately came down from heaven. And not only did it soak up and burn all the, all the, the, the offering of the bull and the, and the wood and the altar, but it's, it lapped up all the water that was around, overflowing and filling up in the trench. And then they all went... <laughs> The Lord is God. The Lord is God. 
one prophet, one true man of God with 950 false prophets. Wow. And that's probably about right today, to tell you the truth. So you got to know the Word of God. And when you know it, and then you hear it, you'll know that it's the truth. And if you don't hear it, or you hear something that's counterfeit to it, even though it's proclaimed as truth, you'll go, nope, not listening to that, not following after that person. In 1 Kings 13, a true prophet from God is introduced, but we are not told his name. God had sent him to speak for him to King Jeroboam, another king. Along the way, God had given the prophet a command, a very clear, simple command. He said, You shall neither eat bread, nor drink water, nor return from there by the way you came. Okay, simple enough. The way you went, don't return that way. And when you get there, don't eat or drink water or anything there. Simple. So the king had urged him to drink with him in his house as a thank you for the prayer of intercession that the man of God offered on his behalf, even though the king did evil, even at that moment. <laughs> and the prophet obeyed the Lord by refusing the king's offer. Then we're introduced to another man that the Bible refers to as an old prophet, not by name either. When the two met, the man of God and the old prophet, the old man said to the man of God the same thing that Jeroboam had said to him. Again, the man of God responded faithfully and obediently. He said, I will not. For it was God who said to me by himself, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there nor return by the way you came. Then something very interesting happens. The old man responded, not taking no for an answer, saying, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him, the prophet did, the, the young prophet, the man of God, and this time he ate bread in his house and drank water. So, a man of God who speaks for the Lord, when the Lord has given him a word to say, is a true prophet. The old man, who said he too was a prophet, was correct in that part of the statement, but the Bible tells us he lied, which makes him a false prophet. One who was a son of his father of lies, the devil. According to Jesus' own words in John 8.44, he said, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's will, your father's desires. He speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So a true prophet speaks God's word of truth, which we can verify by reading and knowing the Bible. And a false prophet speaks Satan's words of lies. And in this historical account, the man of God should have recognized the old man as false prophet because his words directly contradicted God's word. 
in the end, and presumably because the old man said he also was a prophet, lie, he was not a prophet of God, and because the devil was persistent in getting the man of God to disobey the Lord by wearing him down. You know, he said it once, he obeyed. He said it a second time, he obeyed. Then he said the third time, and he didn't obey. He wore him down. We have to stand firm. God said, James 4, 7 says what? It says, we got to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, many people, Christians, say they remember the part that says resist the devil and he will flee. But that's not true because they forget the first part of the equation, which says we've got to submit to God. Submit means recognize he's our authority. And, if, and as such, we need to obey him. So if we don't obey God, we're opening up an opportunity, giving the devil a foothold to, to, to mess with our minds and hearts. And we usually are going to fail every single time. So we need to submit to God and stand firm and resist him in the truth, doing what God told us to do and not wavering, and then he will flee from us. That's a great word, James 4, 7. But because the devil wore him down, the man of God did not remain steadfast and firm, but he acquiesced to evil, and he was killed. His temporary life ended in destruction. The Lord said to him just before he died, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord, just like Eve, by the way, and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but you have come back by the wrong way, and you have eaten bread, and you have drunk water, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. Here again, there was a true prophet and a false prophet. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 6 warns us, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. But he goes further than that. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that Jesus Christ, that, that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. He may use his name, but he doesn't confess him to be Lord. This, is, it goes on, this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, if you're a true believer. For he who is in you, God, is greater than he, Satan, who is in the world. They, the people that follow him, Satan, they are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Wolves, false prophets, false teachers. But we are from God, again, if we're true believers. Whoever knows God listens to us and obeys us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Matthew 7.15 says this, Beware of false 
prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. He goes on to say in the following verses, You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? No. Or figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree, in this case a true prophet, bears good fruit. But the diseased tree, in this case a false prophet, bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. In other words, a true prophet cannot speak lies, and a false prophet cannot speak, or rightly speak, truth. He or she will twist scripture and mix truth with error. It goes on. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. We know where that is. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Romans 16, 17 and 18 says this, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. How can you avoid them? How can you recognize that they're saying things that are contrary to the doctrine if we don't know that truth, if we don't know the doctrine or the theology that's included in the Bible? It says, For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. One older and well-known pastor takes the word of God and reminds us of hints or signs of a false prophet. He says from scripture, and that's why I wrote this down, false prophets may make predictions that don't come true. That's true. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 20, 22, God says if you hear somebody predict something and you wait some time and it never comes to pass, that's a false prophet. False prophets may perform may perform miraculous signs and wonders. Mark 13, 22. In fact, Jesus says in Revelation that the spirit of the Antichrist, someone on the earth, is going to do miraculous signs. Now see, we see a miracle today, whatever we consider that to be, and we say it's a miracle, but we don't we don't ascribe the miracle or the glory or that or the cause to God. We just say that's a miracle, and we stop short right there. But when we see another miracle, whether it's a false miracle through AI or some kind of other technology or through drones in the sky or false projections or whatever it's going to be, it's from Satan and his false prophets. It also says false prophets may claim to be Christ. That's Matthew 24, 23 through 28. False prophets may have an unbiblical lifestyle. We shouldn't say may, probably say will have an unbiblical lifestyle. Amen, amen, amen to that. False prophets may deny Christ's identity. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. And false prophets will lead people away from the Lord. That's Matthew 24, 11. So you see how crucial it is to know and be in the word and to abide, to abide in Jesus and have him abide in you. Very crucial, especially in these times. 
Now, having discussed all this, God revealing it all to us, not only in his word, but today, we are no longer ignorant to these things. We can't claim ignorance anymore. We are entering into and are already here a time where truth and error, good and evil, the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the Antichrist are all around us in our midst, in our ears and eyes and in our faces. We can't allow ourselves to be deceived, to be led astray, to be confused, to be wrongly compassionate in a time where no one acknowledges or accepts responsibility for their own actions, but rather has an unceasing and spiritually deadly victim mentality. God himself has spelled these things out to us. Again, Peter's admonition is very timely and accurate and appropriate. He says in 1 Peter 5.8, and those of you that know the word know this, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Strong words, but truth. Without being previously made aware of it, this podcast and the two prior ones are a three-part series, as I mentioned in the beginning. I didn't know they were going to turn out to be that way. And they're, they are sequential, according to God, revealing his instructions to us. We've heard his voice, verified through the truth of his word. And now we must follow him. In the first, he's told us that we are living in a foretold but unprecedented time. What we've known was coming, though not when, is upon us. We must choose to take God's mark or the devil's mark. Like they said, like Elijah said, don't go limping between the two. Follow after God if he's God. Follow after Baal if he's Baal. People are going to either choose be, to belong to God and take a spiritual mark or belong to the devil and take a physical mark. If we choose repentance and forgiveness and confession of sins and salvation, we're going to live if we choose the devil's mark, we will be able to buy and sell, but we'll die eternally. Now, when and if we choose life and God, though we won't be able to buy and sell, we will eventually and naturally ask, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? And even perhaps say, like Jesus, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Like, where am I going to sleep tonight? And God has said... I am your portion. I am your inheritance. I am your allotment in the land of the living. And since I watch after, God says, and take care of the sparrows who are worth little, will I not look after and provide for you who are far more valuable to me? He said, seek first my kingdom Seek my kingdom first and my righteousness first before all else. And these things that you need will be provided to you. Trust me, he says, and fix your eyes on me and walk in my ways, not the world's, and I will provide for you. Trust in God, not in man. 
And then he says, finally, Abide in my word, the Bible, and you will know the truth. Walk in and follow after the truth. Listen to those who are true prophets, who I have chosen to speak for me and sent to you, not false prophets who speak for the devil. When you abide in my word, in me, my spirit will help you discern truth from error. I am the good shepherd and have laid down my life for my sheep, and I've taken it up again. I love you with an everlasting love. Jump into the pool and into my arms. I will catch you and even carry you when needed. A final note is appropriate here. It was an old TV series that had one episode where two characters had an exchange or a conversation. Ultimately, one of the characters said to the other, and without knowing it, they actually represent or echo Jesus' words to us now. The character said, Now I have told you what you must do. You have only your faith or trust in me to help you to do it. Amen.